are you being a little bit, just a little bit controlled in your life and you may not even know it. And no, you freak in. Like, I know where your heads are at. And I'm not just talking about in the bedroom for crying out loud people. Okay. I am talking about in your day to day life. I'm talking digitally, financially, what you say. Oh yes, bitch, because you probably are. And you don't even know it. Like I said, but lucky for you. Okay. We are joined today by a pioneer in this arena. Okay. Help me in welcoming Justin Resvani. Let me tell you about Justin. So he wrote the book unapologetic freedom, which is basically erotica for people like you and me. Okay. I'm sure. And I can't wait to read it. He also, he's backed by Tony Robbins and he's partnered with JP Sears, who I know y'all have heard of. Okay. For a new endeavor, it's called Zion. And it is in this new decentralized NFT Bitcoin space. It's a new, it's an application, right? Justin, not so much and a platform, but an application for content creators such as myself to own their shiz and not be censored. Um, we brought the heat so much. You haven't even said anything yet. And my light went out. So I put my light back on it without further ado, everybody, Justin, Justin Rosvani, are you ready to get canceled today? Sure. Oh, he's, uh, I wasn't very <laughs> enthusiastic. Sure. Yeah. Cancel myself before I get canceled. Let's do it. Okay. You're not worried about getting canceled, are you? I'm uncancelable as far as I'm concerned. Oh, so I definitely have to send you merch then. Okay. This light <laughs> is not my friend Justin. I'm so sorry. My just my my light couldn't handle your presence. Here we go. Okay, now we're good. Okay. So Justin, the lights are on. We're ready for the show. So consider this a little bit of like decentralization for dummies, right? The way I understand it now, tell me if I'm wrong. Okay. Cause I feel like this is where we really need to get our feet wet. And I'm really excited about this space, right? Bitcoin NFT. So the way I see it is that there are no middlemen in this space, right? People dictating. And we have all these platforms like Spotify, Patreon, um, Instagram, right? Gmail. But the way that you explain it is there's so many layers. Like you think that you own your shit and you don't own dick because it's this man and that man and the other man. And in theory, they could just take away your Instagram and you don't even exist, right? So speak to that and why this is so exciting for creators, you know, like myself. Yeah, I think that you can fundamentally disappear off the face of the internet uh, at the click of a button and the whim of a company. And we, we saw the proxy of that, regardless of your political opinions on January 9th, which was the standing president of the United States disappears, the standing president off every everything. He was even kicked off Spotify. He was kicked off YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, never to have returned. We're over a year and a half after that. And it wasn't a, it's a permanent ban for a standing president. And regardless of your political beliefs, now you kind of see the impacts of censorship, the impacts of centralization. And my belief is that there's an alternative. And you have to really start at thinking about the base layer of money when it comes to thinking about that alternative. And, and Bitcoin is the core of all the ideas that we'll discuss after this particular point. Okay. So what if, say you have creator B and creator B is like, Justin, 
I can't get anything seen on YouTube. It is so oversaturated. And how am I going to, you know, I'm going into the spaces of the wild west. How am I going to make money? Is it going to be oversaturated all over again? How are people even going to find me? SOS. I what would you that- say? I think that what we're trying to do is to develop a new type of digital framework. And, and I will say that this is not as, um, as active as the current centralized systems yet. We're one of the first applications to be built on this new open protocol. But generally, there's a, there's a couple beliefs that I have that creators should really fundamentally own the things that they do on the web. And it comes around this thesis, this thesis that I created a few years ago of what does the future of social look like. And it's around six specific points. It must be built on a digital monetary layer. It must allow for permissionless innovation, which means it's open source. It's focused on peer governance versus platform governance. It's censorship resistant. You as the creator should own everything Mm -hmm. and a user should have digital property rights through encryption. This is my general belief of like, you as a creator should have all these pieces. Hell yes. So let me bring this to people speak in case people like aren't familiar with this world, right? Something that for me, I know hits home is number one, like I said, the middle met, right? So it's, you know, pitching my show to these big platforms and then worrying about things like numbers or worried about content and censorship, right? Is she too risque? Is she going to rock the bow, right? Uh, We don't want to take a chance on that. So this, I think, gets people out of that problem because like you said, they can do their thing there. They can own it. They don't need somebody to validate them and put them on their platform, right? And also financially. So I love the way you put it even with Patreon, right? Like you think that the the money is going right to you, but it's really like the layers of it's it's this bank, it's that, it's this. And this is me trying to be a, yeah, this is me trying to be an accountant. So that's, I think, relatable for people who are feeling lost in the sauce right now. Absolutely. There's, there's many layers of what I call arbiters in between you and your audience. And, And the reason that content is put into question, right? You described that potentially people is because there's a third party that's actually monetizing those systems. We as people using these platforms, we are the product that they are selling to an advertiser and our attention is the product, right? Our, 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 our life force energy of, of our eyes into a screen is that payment source for the eventual advertiser. So they want to control the mechanisms of what kind of content is shared and what is not shared because ultimately that's how they make money. The, the money the money is everything. And I think this is one framework that people have to, to realize that why did Zion decide to build this solution on Bitcoin is because our money is broken and Bitcoin fixes that. And this is a very, very, very important point of why is Zion built on Bitcoin. This is the future people. So roll with or roll out. This is why I'm so excited about it because I really do see, you know, so much potential here. I know there are a lot of naysayers and I want to know what you get in feedback in terms of people being a little hesitant. Like even you talk about Trump getting kicked off of social media, right? Well, you have people going, he's inciting violence. He, it can't be the wild west of free speech. What would you say to that? I think that there should be 
potential suspensions if they don't follow platform rules, but permanent bans were a bad idea. And I think the you would look at Elon and Jack both agreeing on that specific sentiment point, but I think it needs to also come back. We, we have to expand our thinking around money and why is money even censored? Why is money being restricted? Because ultimately the money is what decides everything in our, in our existence. And one of the points that I have, and this is a really, really important point around Bitcoin is that if Bitcoin can credibly enforce a fixed supply of 21 million, then it will ultimately become the world's reserve currency. And I think this is a really important base on how we can build a new type of monetary system and a new monetary layer, because there's no innovation that's more consistent with the founding principles of America than Bitcoin. So let me get into the censorship, because you touched on it a little bit. Do you feel like, because both sides argue, we know this, and both sides feel like the other side gets away with everything, right? How do you see it? Is it one side over the, I mean, I think we can, like anyone with a pulse can acknowledge that the left mainstream, right, has their way a lot of the time. But you would have people who argue, oh my God, the right, they get away with whatever they want and they give us shit. So do you think it's equal? Do you think it's one-sided? I think it's very clear that on certain centralized system, it's one-sided because of the employees that work at those companies. It's very clear mm -hmm. that there's one side of, of political leanings that's more important than the other. And I think that the, the problem is these systems have not implemented the law properly. They've implemented their own versions of the law because free speech has been defined over the last 200 years by Supreme Court case law. We have exactly what is free speech, what is not free speech, what is fraud, what is not fraud. You can't just say anything you want because there's implications that have been set by the Supreme Court of the United States. We can follow those rules, but, but for some reason we're choosing not to, and, and we bring matter of opinion into the state where free speech is, does have its restrictions. Uh, free speech has its way of doing this. We just have to follow Supreme Court case law. Okay, so before we get into this more, I want to know from you, because you've made this your life's work. And also, guys, Justin is an actual freak of nature and an alien because <laughs> he he is actually not a human, okay? A little bit more of a backstory that I think explains why he's so passionate about this and has made it his life's work. So from what I've gathered, he, what are you, mid-30s? 33. Okay, you're 33, like putting us all to shame, it's fine. But you had, when you were young, you came up with this like agency influencer marketing business. You sold that for a ton of money. You also turned your life around, right? Doing all these like marathons, getting yourself in shape, doing Ironman, uh, right? Okay, that's but it's that, but that's not it. Okay, because then Justin proceeds to have this freak brain, almost like the way I, I pictured it as like a hemorrhage, right? Like a brain aneurysm. It that's wasn't, boiled it, down. It wasn't an aneurysm. It was a, uh, I had a cavernomen right temporal lobe that started bleeding and I had a seizure. Um, so I had this like benign tumor in my brain. Yes. Had to have brain surgery. There's yep. a piece of his brain missing, recovered, <laughs> now goes on to launch Zion, which again, like I said, is backed from, by Tony Robbins, again, partnered with JP Sears. So with that said, freak of nature, what, <laughs> what? drives you people ask me this all the time and i'm just like it's just something in me i can't describe it but what what drives you to fight this fight i think that it's one of 
free speech is one of the most important problems we have to face in our society. And I believe I have the capabilities to do it. I have the energy to do it. I have the backing to do it. I have a little bit of a history to do it. So I do it because I can, I, I, I don't know what else I'd be doing. Um, so I want to solve a pretty big problem in the world and I don't want to leave without trying. And I know, you know, I don't, I don't know when my last day will be on this place. So I want to just try as hard as I can while I'm here. That's it. It's, it's pretty simple. The way I see it too, this sounds cheesy, okay? But I have a tattoo on my ribs. I got it in college and it says live live free. And now everyone's like, die hard, like fuck off. I've actually haven't seen it, but you get the sentiment. But to me, it really boils down to freedom. And that's always been a through line, right? Of my work is, you know, pushing the status quo, going against the narrative and, you know, pushing boundaries. And I feel like now, you know, of course that is, you know, to the nth degree of what you can't or should do. So I've been fired up more than ever. And, you know, I'm sure that's a part of your, your fight as well. It's just, just good old freedom. Unapologetic freedom. To be uh, oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. How can I forget? So with that said, cause I'm going to do a little bit of a rapid fire cancelable takes with you because I'm just curious where you stand on things. So I'm going to throw some your way in a little bit because I'm just curious because you said you're on cancelable. So let's walk the walk. Like I'm ready to see it. But with that said, what do you feel like is a really polarizing opinion you have? I mean, you are on cancelable, unapologetic freedom, like go for it. Um, unpopular opinion. Unpopular opinion, I think, is that people should have the ability to share their beliefs uncensored on social media and, and really share like what they believe about something that is followed within the boundaries of the law and, and being very clear about the boundaries of the law, not, not, not exceeding the boundaries of the law. Like, I don't, I don't believe that you should have a free for all and anything should be allowed because we have laws in this country and I'm a, I'm a proud U S citizen and I believe we should follow the law. So the ability to say what you want within the boundaries of the law is important to me. Ditto. But let's take a look at that for a second, because is that really a cancelable and popular thing? Like, isn't that what most people want? I'm not sure. I, I really don't know. Because I, I think some people believe that they th there should be an arbiter between all messages and, and they shouldn't have the agency to actually understand things. And I believe people do have agency. I believe that everyone has their own agency as a human being to absorb information and decide what is right and wrong based upon, you know, whatever is power given to them. And, and agency is really important in all this. I love that idea. And I know you've talked about that before as well. Like I hate the idea of being treated like a toddler and them spoon feeding us, right? Like if I hear the word misinformation one more time, I swear to God, I will implode. Next thing we know, they're going to be like, the grass is blue, say it's green and that's misinformation, right? So they just have these arbitrary um, ideas. But with that said, what do you see as the line of, cause it can be a slippery slope, right? What is the line of free speech and hate speech and that idea of, well, isn't it all speech? Like that idea of let us decide, let us be grown autonomous adults and let us hear it all and decide for ourselves. And if it is hate speech, we just be louder. Like what's the line to you? The law. The law is very clear on what is defined as 
things you can say and you cannot say. And again, the Supreme Court has defined this for hundreds of years. So as long as we can follow Supreme Court case law and understand that these types of things are, are okay and these types of things are not okay and just follow those particular presents, I believe that that's okay. That's something that we should follow is, is as a society, we're built in a society of laws and we should follow those tunes of what is legal and what is illegal, not what someone is feeling that day and saying, oh, this is now not allowed. Because what's gotten us here was these little changes over time that have now turned into this polar divide was first we took this away and then this didn't make sense. And this, this, it's all these like small efforts that led to this big change over the last five to 10 years. So I think we just got to follow the law. That's, that's been always my core belief. So by that logic, things like kicking Trump off Twitter for quote, inciting violence, or all those little COVID tags, right? That you see on Instagram, that you see on Spotify, in your mind that th those aren't necessary. That is not going against the law. There, there shouldn't be a line in the sand there. I don't think so. And I think the problem that we face that led to this is it's, it's the fundamental problem of offending people. And the problem is we've somehow made a rule that we can't offend people anymore. And let's, let's like give an example here. If we yes. talk to one person, you likely won't offend them if it's one-to-one. -one. If you talk to 10 people, there might be one in 10 that you might offend. But what about if you're talking to 100,000 people at a time, one person to 100,000 people at a time, is there a chance that your idea would offend one out of 100,000 people? And the answer is yes. And it's absurd to think that because you offend one person, you shouldn't be free to share your ideas. And this is the problem with censorship is that you remove the capacity to have a discussion around contentious issues. This is the fundamental yes. problem with the system is that we've gone to a point that offending is no longer allowed. And that's just not how the world actually works. It's so true. And I'd like to think, I mean, that's my mantra, right? Like cancel me, baby. I dare you what you say, like I'm uncancelable, but this whole climate, I mean, I talk about it all the time. It's sunk in so deep that I even am guilty of it. And I'll self-censor. Like I will call my friend up after an episode being like, oh, this just came out of my mouth. Like, is this out of line? Should I edit this out? Am I, and you know, it, that's how far it goes. And I'm really trying to be better at just being like, you know what, what comes out of your mouth comes out of your mouth because it's truth and it's not filtered. And, you know, since when did we, what do you think it was that got us to this point of everyone being so offended over literally a hangnail, like any little thing they are offended? I'm not sure. I think that generally we are becoming a bit of a weaker society. I think that might be the overarching thing is we're fatter than we've ever been. We're afraid to go to the gym. We're eating terrible foods. We are, we're afraid to just like push our boundaries. We're so comfortable. Um, we're, we're uncomfortable with being uncomfortable. I think that those are the things that are just the self changes in society. And it's clear, like you go outside and you see it, you see it in people is that they've lost the faith within themselves to, to work through challenging things. We've, 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 because everything is so handed to us in so many mm -hmm. ways. So I think, I think that's the fundamentals. We're a bit of a weaker society and, and we shouldn't be that. We should be a much more stronger, a much more resilient culture. We have the ability to, I mean, we, we figured out how to do a lot of stuff and, and it's, it's, it's not being so weak 
I think as a society. No, let me boil that down. We are literally a bunch of pussies. And it even comes down to like, I found myself after going on this journey of finding myself more patriotic because everything that this country and the American dream, you know, being an entrepreneur, you being an entrepreneur, everything that that stands for. And I get so frustrated when I see people bitch and moan about every little thing, because it's like, do you know how lucky you are? Even like, especially as a woman, like go to another country, you can't even show your face somewhere. You know what I mean? And it's like, people here just bitch and moan and complain about everything. And I feel like be more of an entitled brat. I mean, seriously, like go hack it some somewhere else and try it there. It's like, we're so spoiled and it really pisses me off. Period. He's like, yeah, he's like, I concur. Um, so something that you, with this said though, that you've introduced, because you say you're like Zion and the people on this platform, again, we're not going to let people just spewing out what they want. The law is the law, right? And they're going to be you know, they're going to be reprimanded just like you would be in real life. You don't just, you know, punch somebody in the face unless you're Will Smith and just walk away and get away with it. You don't just scream, you know, racial slurs and then get away with it. So on Zion, you know, you're going to be reprimanded, right? Whether it hits your Bitcoin wallet, like you say, right? It's just not going to be allowed. Um, but with that said though, which I, which I love, cause it's the idea of a more civilized humanized discussion on Twitter. You can say whatever, you know, that you wouldn't say in real life. Um, you have though introduced this idea of a reputation score. And I just want to ask about that because it reminds me that's another slippery slope. I feel it's like where you can score, where you can rate some, you know, rate people based on their behavior. And it kind of reminds me of black mirror. Have you seen that episode? I have not seen the episode, okay. but I've never introduced the idea of a reputation score in anything that I do. So I'm oh, not I sure thought I heard you say that. I thought I heard you say that, or maybe it was the man interviewing you on the probably, one you just did. It was probably someone interviewing me because I've <sighs> never had a, had a perspective on a reputation score because I, I don't know how I would actually build something like that. That's what I, because, right, I feel like something, it's like an Uber thing, right, where they, you rate the driver, they rate you, and I feel like something like that is also a slippery slope because. I agree. I completely agree. I, I don't have any idea on building one of those things. Oh, okay. Put it on the record. Yeah. Justin, you have to watch it. It's a, it's a black mirror episode. It's called nosedive okay. and it is based all on that premise. So you're literally going around, going around rating everybody. So if you argue with someone, if you're in a bad mood, it goes down and down and it's just like our sick obsession with social media on steroids. But yeah, something like that, I feel like is also not what we want either. Nope. We don't want that. No, no good. No good. Um, Something that you did say, though, on the recent podcast that I listened to that I thought was really fascinating is this idea of the algorithm and virality. So you talked about things getting a lot of attention and, and it's an algorithm. It doesn't know it's a computer, right? So it doesn't know if this message is love or if it's hate. It's all about what's getting attention and what would go viral, so to speak. So can you speak to that? Because that scares the shit out of me. We have to understand the business models of these companies. Their, 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 their business model is they want more people on the platforms, longer engaging, because then they can sell that to somebody else for them to sell you something. That's the fundamental business model. So if I was running these organizations, I would optimize the digital system that would allow for this concept of virality and sharing. And ultimately the most racy things 
end up being shared at the top. This is, if you watch the Social Dilemma documentary, they talk yes, about this, that, is that yeah. when something's really controversial and it, it really gets you fired up, you're more likely to share, like, comment, give your opinion about it. And this is what's building a lot of our divide within our society is that there's these contentious ideas that happen to be the trending topic in the conversation. And it creates this, I guess, experience with people that you're always fighting with someone. You're always creating this, this disagreement. It's not the, the most lighthearted, beautiful things typically aren't on social media. And if that's the content you're on, you're constantly consuming, it's not great. It's not great for you. And that's, what's getting served into your feed. It's what, because that's the stuff that's going to keep you on and keep you addicted and keep you excited. And that's why we, we like very bad things. The news is not a the news is not a lighthearted place because that's what people want to watch. It keeps them addicted. Is this, 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 and I don't think that's what human nature is all about. I think it's about the lightheartedness of things. And I, I don't think a third party algorithm should control how you engage in your regular life. We've, these systems are so powerful. They've, they've really, really gotten us addicted. And I think that's the addiction that personally, why I want to build Zion the way we're building it is I want to break that addiction. I, I want, I want Zion to be the safest place on the web for your kids and your families and your daughters. And because if you're a bad actor, you are fined through a Bitcoin transaction. Um, you can't be a bad actor in these communities because ultimately the administrator of that community will decide. So, you know what? You can't say that to that individual. I'm going to take that comment off. And it's their responsibility because you're in their home. You're not in the Zion home. You're in their particular home. And they're the ones that decide the rules in that specific community. So when you say the administrative, how did you frame it? The administrative, the, the administrator of the community. So the way, Zion, yeah, yeah. the way Zion works is for example, you you'll build the community, whatever we want to call the name of the community. You are the admin and then people are joining your community. Okay. They're going, they're going to your profile and they're saying, I want to be part of this conversation. Ultimately, the safety and security of that community is deemed by you. It's your house. You live there because it's your own community. It's on your own. And I can get into the technical specs of why you own it. But Zion as a company, I'm not deciding what should go in that community or not. You are ultimately deciding because you're the creator and people are following you for your message. We are not the arbiters of truth. You are. You get to decide what happens. It's your community. And if you decide that an individual's comment inside of a community is deemed hate or whatever you want to call it, and you delete that comment, then they lose a certain amount of Bitcoin as a result of that. And that's how we create safety and security inside the system. That's how we prevent spam within the system is that Twitter has a massive spam problem because you can basically start an account and start spam bots automatically with no restriction. Ultimately you can, because all you need is an email and a password in Zion. You actually need Bitcoin and Okay. Credibly, Bitcoin only has a finite amount. There's only 21 million Bitcoin that will ever be created. There will never be more. There will never be less ultimately. So that's why the system is built in this way is that we're not creating something on a monetary layer that can be highly inflated, particularly like the US dollar. And this comes back to a lot of my beliefs around national security as well. Is, is I have this really, really strong belief that Bitcoin is a fundamental cornerstone of, of keeping national security in the U.S. Okay, breaking my brain, breaking my brain, but I'm wrapping my head around it a little bit because like I said, like a lot of my listeners, I'm just getting 
my feet wet. Like I, the, the monetary part confuses me, but the content creation part, I guess. The reason it confuses you is because money is very confusing. Yes. Money is a very confusing topic. And I think this is a really important point that I, that I like to make. And yes, I, and I, I want to push this home as a topic because there's no, and I said this a little bit earlier, but there's yeah. no innovation that's more consistent with the founding principles of America than Bitcoin. It's built on the respect of an individual's property rights. And if we respect the rights of an individual, then we will get the right outcome. And there's nothing more threatening to our national security than the printing of money. Because sound money is the foundation of economic stability and the cornerstone of national security. Basically, they in some way, shape or form control it, right? So that's what I talked about earlier, joking about control. So like boiled way down, the way that I see it is like I said, if I were to have this identity, right? Say, you know, it's, it's in this world. Theoretically, the money transfer, right? Boom, it goes right to you. It's not like a Patreon where it goes through this and this and this and this. So that's one part of it, right? And then on the identity side, like we said, say you're on an Instagram, this, you could be erased. They decide to delete it. But with this, like again, Zion isn't necessarily a platform where I live, but I'm just visible through you. Like I live no matter where I am, whether it's Zion, Spotify, like that will always be there, right? So again, it boils down to that idea of control. Because right. we want to give an individual user a persistent identity across applications. And, and the web, the original side of the web didn't allow for persistent identity. And persistent identity right. means an interoperable ability to live in many different places. And that's why we use DIDs yes. as the base layer of identity within these systems, right? Google owns 1.5 billion people's identity with a Gmail account. Gmail, and imagine yes. like Gmail is owned by Google. You log in your Gmail on all the right. downstream effects of that particular login, your bank, your Facebook, your identity on the web is highly centralized and owned by another company. We want to give the ability for an individual to own their identity for the first time. And a DID is an open standard. It's not a Zion thing. It's an open standard that I believe the future of many applications will use this open standard for identification. And once you establish your DID, that should be persistent across many applications. Right yes. now, your Instagram handle is not persistent on your Twitter or your WhatsApp or your Facebook. The, it's not persistent. So the idea is persistent identity across the web, regardless it. of platform. It's so exciting. And it's not really yours to your point, like your Gmail, your Instagram in the end, it's not actually yours. Right. So when people say like, oh, it's my Gmail, my Spotify, my Patreon, my Instagram. It's not your anything. It's not your anything. <laughs> Am I saying it's, it's it wrong? Because you're laughing. No, no, you're, you're saying you're saying it absolutely correctly. I think we, we make language is really important. And what these platforms have convinced us is saying, oh, this is my Instagram. Would you like to follow my Instagram? Right. And it's, it's not, yours. it's not yours. It's their Instagram that you have a password to that you can sometimes log into. Right. That's right. what it is. And, and if you look true. at the agreement, the agreement is they own everything they, you don't own. You have no ownership rights. You have no content rights. You have no audience rights. They Damn. can turn it off at any time. It's their website. I mean, it's, and, and you have to understand they're the ones that are putting up all the money for all the, and I get it. I understand why there's an opportunity to build it in a new way. That's, that's the promises of this new future that, that I want to build. I think it'd be really cool to, to, I think it'd be really cool for the things that I'm talking about to exist. And I just want it to exist. Fuck yeah. 
Fuck yeah. Also, LOL, because I always joke about, you know, the run of the mill Instagram influencer. And if they took away Instagram, bitch, they will be scrambling and I'll be laughing. That's just a little sidebar there. Um, so would you say that what you're doing is a little bit of a sweet spot? It's a sweet spot between the wild west, anything goes, and also like the people who like, to your point, what you said, I want a misinformation flag. I want this man to be kicked off. He's spewing all this shit. Like, is yours just a, a sweet spot right in there? We want to be inclusive of everyone around the world. And that's why I don't believe having these open, massive systems that anyone can say anything is the right way. I think what we do is we are part of communities. So Zion is not an open application that anyone can just post and everyone can see. You have to first, you log into the app and then you'll go into a specific community. Maybe it's Taylor's community. Maybe it's um, Tony's community. Maybe it's Aubrey's community. We, 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 you go into that community and then from there, you can see the content from that community. Right. So it's absolutely inclusive to everyone. That's why, you know, even, even the, the name, right? The name Zion comes from the matrix. It's the last city without machines in the matrix is that we've been boggled in the matrix for the last few years. And the hope is that there's a place without machines that's inclusive to the entire human race. And that's why we named it that name. Can I just take off, take us on this path for a minute? Because I actually feel like we are living in the matrix. So this is crazy. I don't know how much of pop culture you followed. That obviously is my world and my background. But tell me that this isn't insane. That do you watch Stranger Things? No. Justin, I, watch I know you got TV. your life right and tight, but <laughs> I don't please, watch a lot we of TV. need. What? I don't, watch a lot of TV. I don't watch a lot of television. No, I know. I don't either. For what I do, it's really pathetic. But they had a three-year hiatus and this has like a huge cult following. I know I love it. And I like you, I don't watch a lot of TV, sadly, given my show, but they had a three-year break because of COVID, right? They come back, they have this big Memorial Day weekend, you know, premiere, everybody's been waiting and I'm not kidding. The season opens with basically a massacre of children in like a, not a school, but a lab type setting. This is literally days after Uvalde, like the matrix. Also, when I brought this to my followers, someone told me, speaking of Zion and the Matrix, that apparently in the original, which what year was it? Like 99 or something? Mm -hmm. His passport is dated 9-11 years before mm -hmm. it happened. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying the Matrix. That was my little Matrix, you know, sidebar, but. Cool. You can't, you can't tell me you haven't thought about it. Uh, these specific in instances, I have not. I didn't hear about them until right now that you told me. But in general, but in general, because I am convinced. We're, but you know how people I, do, I think, though, joke? They're like, I, we I, are I like. Think, I think that you can, make a, you can make a few assertions. So if you look at what's happening with computer vision and computer science, that if technology can push us in a certain direction, which it looks like with microchips, we can build a system that is indistinguishable from what we understand now, eventually we can get to that place that there is a potential likelihood that we are currently living in a simulation. That is a theory that I, I do not um, think that is impossible. So I, um, if we understand how computing is going, it is very possible that we are living in somewhat of a simulation at this point. I mean, just and all the bad stuff that's happened. I'm like, is this normal? Like, honestly, can someone please advise? 
I mean, I'm, I'm not sure, you know, I can't define what normal is. I, li- I live a very unnormal life. In you a lot do. Of ways. Well, that I know to be true after listening to your story, but with that said, okay, something that is a hot button issue and it pertains to Zion and your content creators is this idea of conspiracy theories, right? The crazy conspiracy theorists, which everybody is a conspiracy theorist. I feel like now who has something unpopular to say, but nevertheless, is that something again, that would be handled to your point on like, is that, you know, you, your, your line in the sand is the law. So where does that fall? And is that in what, the content creators, the administrators court to decide? Yeah, well, what's the, I guess, what's the specific question? I guess I'm not understanding the question. What's the line? Like, what is the line of conspiracy the theory? The law, the law is truth? the law. The law is the law. I, I, we follow all the parameters of the law and all of the Supreme court law for the last 200 years of what should be said and what should not be said. And I'm not sure how you define a specific conspiracy theory. And as long as it doesn't break the law, of course, I'm fine with it. it should, so it's case by case, able, case by case. It's, 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 it's based upon the law. The law is all the restrictions. If, if something is illegal, then it will be handled as it should by, by anything that is a digital kind of instrument. Okay. So before we get into some uncancelable Justin hot takes, you do have really big people in your corner. You have Tony Robbins, who not only was a was a part of your book. He wrote the foreword. No, no, uh, he did the endorsement on the cover. JP on did. The cover. JP did the foreword of the book. JP yeah. did the foreword. Okay, but isn't Tony involved in Zion? Tony is an investor in the company. Okay, yeah. so with that said, why are people like Tony Robbins, people like JP Sears, the perfect partners to have for this? What do they see in this future for people who, again, are skeptics? Why are they perfect for this? I think generally creators should have ownership. I think people believe that it, it's a fundamental. This is why I, I share Bitcoin. Like it's 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 one of, there's no innovation more consistent with the founding principles of America than Bitcoin. And ultimately it's because we're allowing creators to have digital property rights through encryption. And it's the ability for them to own their communities, not to be restricted by big tech. And, you know, they can only say certain things for distribution purposes. They can own it for the first time. And I believe that's the ethos and the mission of why it's not just Tony, right? It's also Aubrey Marcus, it's Mark Moss, it's Robert Breedlove, it's Pomp. It's Aaron Rodgers from the NFL. It's we have a very strong kind of group of people that believe in this ideal of what we want to bring to the world, um, and they want to support that mission because Zion has that mission really at the core of of what they are. Well, look at Aaron Rodgers, how much crap that he ate for speaking out and having common sense views about COVID. So it's no wonder somebody like him is like you know. So many of us right now, and that's why I do my show, are just looking for common sense, which in this topsy-turvy, you know, perhaps major world, you know, we're having a hard time finding. So I could see why that would speak Absolutely. To Absolutely. Okay, Justin, are you ready to throw out some hot takes? I just want to get in your, in your can, brain. Yeah, sure. In your brain as unique as it is, I'm talking literally, because there is a metal <laughs> plate in your brain. There's a metal plate on this side, titanium plate, just holding the skull cap. Not a big deal. Oh, he's like, you know, it's it's fine. It's no worries. Like you guys complain about going it to the grocery it store. Ha- today. It, ha- it happens. Okay. With this, before we get into that though, like when I have heard you talk about it, you talk about being so grateful after everything you experienced, so like nearly, nearly dying. So grateful. I'm here. I'm here. I get okay. to talk to you. It's kind of cool. It is cool. It is cool. And I'm really enjoying this. However, 
Does this apply to like the most mundane moments in life? Like you are at the DMV, you are sitting in traffic, like, no, I'm human. Of course not. I get frustrated. I have feelings. I get, I get, you know, I, I have normal human emotions like everyone else. I just try to bring it back ultimately. Like I, I have, I have down days, of course, like doing this, by the way, is, is not easy. This is one of the hardest things you can do in the world because you're always trying to solve this problem all the time. And we're trying to do this in a, a new pattern, never before done. So it's not always like rainbows and butterflies over here. It's I'm grateful. Yes. But it's also really hard. It's really challenging to be in my seat all the time because I'm like constantly like core of the mission, core of the mission, pushing mm-hmm. the mission all the time. So I, I would say, no, it's not always rainbows and butterflies, but I'm looking forward to the future. Like it's not, yeah, I look forward to to living. It's so funny. You really don't know somebody. You really don't know somebody. And so much of my work has been about this message. Like whether it be the work I did with celebrities on red carpets, like getting them to getting them to reveal who they really were and my my work now it's like I would have never known that about you. I'm not going to lie. Like first what? impressions, I- Justin and I, you guys, by the way, we first connected on a round table. We did, I think it was like a week or so ago and not going to lie. Like I looked at you and I was like, he's good looking. He's young. He's super successful. Like his life is gravy. Like not that you didn't work hard, but like he's got it going on super successful. Like damn kind of feeling like, uh, you know, whatever about my own life, like got to keep up. And, you know, had I not listened to your story, it's just, you really don't know somebody. You know, you, don't, you don't know. And I mean, that podcast, I think is a good, good, the, the, I think you're talking about Peter McCormick's that came out yeah. on Friday is just, yeah. I also just get really honest. Like, this is what happened to me. And I, I actually open up the book with that. The introduction of my book is that story. It's just a different version of it. I, I, I never had a long form way of explaining it. And Peter's because he's a friend, he does such a good job of bringing it out. And so you don't really know anyone's story. You don't know where they came from or what they went through. So sometimes you got to give people the benefit of the doubt because it's really hard to sit in my seat. It's really challenging because the thing I'm trying to do, I I hold a lot of that energy because I also don't want to disappoint because the people that I would disappoint are some of the most important people in the world because they trusted me with their capital. They said, Hey, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you money to go do this thing. And that's a really like energetically it's like i've given you energy to go build something and this is the energy you need because money is energy and did that over time so there's there's a lot of that also there it's funny because like real talk i feel that but on a micro level like because it's 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 true what i say earlier it's like you're feeling like you're constantly on this uphill battle trying to get a platform you know get heard get to a louder audience and these hurdles i face every day the rejections the yeah yeah okay tell yeah you're great but not for us you know whatever it is it's a dime a dozen and i always think about you know it may not be the tony robbins of investors but i think about the people who you know you come back to that message like the people who depend on you know my message and the show and it can be rough like there are a lot of mornings where i'm in bed and i'm like here we go again. Like you got to pull your, pull, pull the big girl in my case panties up and do it because it can really not to get dark, but the entrepreneurial grind. And even in this space of censorship and speech and media, it can really grind you down. (laughs) It is. Of course. Entrepreneurship is really hard. You know, I get, sometimes people ask me the questions like, what would you recommend for someone that wants to be an entrepreneur? It's like, first of all, do you really want to do it? And the answer Uh, is probably don't do it. Right. It's not meant for everyone. It's really, really hard. And I'm in a unique case because I kind of got out. I was young. I sold my business at 27 and I could have got out. I was like, you know what? I could have not done it anymore. 
And I chose to get back into it because I believe that there's a higher purpose in, in my work. And the purpose is what drives me forward. Is it all over again, though? Because I assume financially you're not in the same boat, perhaps. I mean, I don't know yes, your situation. Yeah, but yes, yes. But but the work is still the same. You have to think of the problems from the beginning. It's it's it, Starting a business is, is still fundamental first principles. Is product Like I'm building a completely different company. So you have to start from first principles. You have to build product market fit. You have to get revenue. You have to get customers. You have to balance a balance sheet. Like all the fundamentals of a business still apply. And this is a different company. So I am starting yeah. from from scratch. And the idea is very different. It's, it's, it's bigger. It's a bigger problem that I'm trying to solve. It's like an obsession <clears throat> to answer your, you know, your question about entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship. Like there's so many times I'll get like indeed, you know, notifications and it's like, you know, nine to five doing digital input at iHeartRadio, whatever. And it's so tempting, right? Because we're so conditioned to like, you know, the safe thing and the secure thing. And I'm just like, I don't know about you, but I'm sure you do. I literally wake up and go to bed upset. I'm obsessed. Like I think about it every waking moment and sure. for better or worse, sometimes I'm like, it's a curse because, you know, it's tough, but it's an obsession. Yeah. For me, it is definitely. You know, definitely, all right. Definitely. Okay. Without further ado, the quick cocktails. Okay. Uh, Cause we only have a couple minutes left. Justin, your, your take on our obsession with pronouns. <sighs> I think, <laughs> I think that I was having a conversation with some friends the other day and um, in their country, like Lebanon, they, some, some hours of the day, they can't have any power. Um, they can't, you know, there's no power to run their buildings. There's no running water at times. So I think what's happened is that we've gone so comfortable with things in this country that we've, we've tried to search for problems. Like and, we were and saying then, earlier. Yeah. And, and now we've like, we found something that we want to like make a big deal when I think there's a lot more things that are more important. I think people should do whatever they want, like do whatever you want. I'm not one to tell you how should you should do things, but I think it's a result of we have things that are so easy for us that we have to come up with things that we want to ignite and maybe pronouns are that thing. I'm just, I'm not really, I don't, I'm not an expert on the topic, but I think that's my analogy to understand why do we worry yep. about such things. This is going off of that, but this is, I think speaks to our institutions, right? Schools, medicine, how they like to these days, you know, change, change words, change, change meanings, like very Orwellian, right? So Here's an example. The San Francisco school district, I think they just voted to change the word or remove the word chief from their schools in hopes of not offending Native Americans. Thoughts? Um, fine. I don't, I don't really think about that, right? I don't, I, I don't think about it. And if they want to do what they want to do, that's fine. I think this, this comes back to the concept of voting with your feet. I think that San Francisco's politics have led to the reason that city is in tremendous decline and most of those people are moving to Austin, Texas, is that they're 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 encumbered by woke politics instead of thinking about the things that are best for their citizens. And I don't think that that is the, the biggest problem in their in their state. They should figure out the homeless problem, why taxes are so high and why people are generally unhappy in their state. So they're focused on the wrong problems. Period. So you're like, do it, have at it, but to your own demise. Okay. This actually, I feel like kind of maybe pertains to you, but our culture's obsession with the patriarchy, the patriarchy, toxic masculinity, and you're very soulful. So I'm interested to see what you say about this, but you know, men and the patriarchy running the show. 
I don't have any idea that that men run the show. As far as I'm concerned, you make all the human beings. You make all the human beings on this planet. You are the ones that make most of the things happen. And the thing that makes us move forward is more people. So I think women have a very powerful role in society. I think what we've done, though, is that we've we've tried to 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 destroy the two roles. And, and there is the masculine role, and then there's the feminine role. And I think what happens is that you know, that we have a little bit of both. I think I have a little bit of feminine in me. I have, a, I have mostly masculine and you probably balance between the two. And what happens is the chaos is when one overshadows the other, when it's not inherently natural and we should build what is natural to us. And, and there are reasons why men be, make better engineers and women make better nurses because you care more about people and we care more about things. And that's just fundamental to the masculine feminine nature of everything we do. So I think we just have to follow along that and, and, and know that that is, that is not just the stand that is the standard. And then there's obviously outliers on each side, but as society, we don't have to go for the outliers. We should just build constant standards to move forward. But geez, Justin, didn't you get the memo that gender and sex are all just societal complexes that we've made up and there is no legitimacy to them whatsoever? I mean, I don't know where you missed that memo. I I think, I think that's untrue. And I, and I think like you can see it in, you know, swimming, you can see it that there's a, there's a swimmer that was a man for a long time and then they compete against women and they're just better and faster because we're built differently. Like we just are, and it's cool. And I know we're fundamentally just hormones or whatever you want to call it, but there's distinctions. And I, I believe that there are men and women. I do believe that. Let's celebrate our differences, people. I'm curious what you, before I get into the last one, which leads perfectly into this, I'm curious what thinks, think what you think is a feminine part of you. I think that when I deeply, deeply have this like caring element of, of the care that I want to bring, um, that definitely is like kind of the, the, the feminine archetype that I bring out. And a lot of this is because I, a lot of the things that I do, I do with this very like headstrong, masculine, go, go, go mentality. And then when I take a breath and like, I realize, well, the bigger picture um, is because I just want the world to be a better place. I, I really want people to be able to communicate freely. I think that's the side that I can kind of bring and balance. And sometimes I'm, I'm mostly probably on one side to my demise. It's, it's me figuring out my balance a little bit better. It's my own personal work that I have to continue to work on. Have men gone soft? I think some have. Yeah, definitely. I, I think, you know, weak men are useless in my opinion. If you're, if you're, I mean, this is something that Jordan Peterson says is like, you have to be a savage, but be able to control it. That's what you should be. You should be, you should be, a madman, but be able to control it uh, because weak men create weak societies and, and you don't want weak men in societies. That's why I'm not really friends with any. That's a good males. way of putting it. Yeah. Okay. Lastly, it's, I, I think I know where you're going to go with this, but my personal favorite men giving birth. I know you're not really into the pop culture world, but for mother's day, Justin, Calvin Klein took it upon themselves and Hey, Maybe this is free speech, right? But they took it upon themselves to feature a full-blown pregnant man in their underwear on on Mother's Day, a trans man. Right. What What's the question? <clears throat> Your thoughts. I don't really think about it. I, I didn't. I hadn't even thought about it at all. I. Um, that's great. I don't. It doesn't really cross my mind at all. So I. 
I don't think a like a uh, if if you were born a That's man, fair. I don't th- I don't think you can have a baby because you just don't have the right parts in, inside. But so it's probably a woman that gave birth that looks like a guy, and that's great. That's, that's basically okay. So you're really tweet. <laughs> See, I think I'm tweet their own, but I think as a woman, like this gets this fires me up because is, I'm like, stay in your even, lane. Say, leave it, it to is, us. Is leave. I mean, it is it is you, right? Like that is a that is a woman because it was probably born with the right things to do that. They like you can't the, you can't replace you you can you replace ovaries? Like I don't think no. you can switch those out. They have woman parts from the bottom down. But my point is like stay in your goddamn lane. I'm sorry. Like everybody do what they want to do, but it's also you know, and these are, this is coming from the same people who are like the patriarchy runs the show. And that's what bothers me. It's like, well, by that logic, now you're having the patriarchy, you know, swim with women and crush the competition and also, you know, have babies, which is like our role, stay in your goddamn lane. So that's how I see it. So I was just curious, but you're very to each their own. I respect it. I respect it. Okay. Lastly for you, Justin, thank you so much, by the way, I wish we had entered. That was fun because you're very just like present. And here's what I think about it. What do you see as this future world of post cancel culture, so to speak? Like I know when we, when you and I first connected, it was funny because we were talking and we were saying, it's great that, you know, the P Diddy's and all these people are like, you know, I'm uncanceling the canceled. And it's like, that's fantastic. But where are y'all been? Like, where have you been? A bi podcast is two years old, bitch. Like, where have you been? So I think people are getting, you know, up to it that it's BS. Now, how far do you think it's going to take till we're, till, till we're past it? And what will it look like in this world, perhaps? I think we just have to give people personal sovereignty to make their own decisions and and their own ownership to make decisions. And I'm very hopeful for the world. I'm hopeful for human beings. I'm hopeful for how we will proceed because I think we all are walking each other home essentially. And so I'm hopeful for where we all go together. And I love your message and what you're trying to do too with Zion. It's, it's not spoon feeding it's, it's ownership. And it's freedom. It's, it's, you know, you know, against the censorship, but civilized discourse and not these arbitrary, again, this is misleading. This is wrong. This is that, but civilized, like how you would talk to somebody. That's what excites me, right. Is getting through these dialogues, how you would, you know, at a good old dinner with your grandma. Right. Absolutely. Well, Justin Resvani, thank you so much. Where can we all find you? Uh, if you Google me, you could probably find me pretty quickly. I'm, or if you search Zion Bitcoin, you'll find me or Justin Zion, you'll find me. Um, just any, and my book is called unapologetic freedom. If you want a copy of the forward for free, you can go to unapologeticfreedombook.com and you can just put in your email and get the forward for free that JP wrote, but you can find me anywhere. I'm, I'm pretty active on social. I tweet I'm on Instagram. So okay. Thank you, Justin. And I think you're taken, right? So too bad, ladies. Get over it. I am single, actually. Oh, oh, so okay. <laughs> oh, it's on the market like your NFT. Tuesday, May 31st, 2022. That's at oh. this moment in oh, time. Oh, 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 oh. I mean, what, I if the, what, if the, what if someone listens to this podcast in two years? What happens? I know. They're like, have this grand proposal for you, and then their dreams are crushed. So. <laughs> it's, it's good to give context of timelines. Okay. Well, there you go. So good to know. Very good to know. And Justin, maybe once I get a hand on your book and read it, you'll come back on and we'll do a little play by play. Like I can dig in and get questions and get further, you know, we'll really do a deep dive 
in the women's league, so to speak. You know what I mean? Like we'll make it happen. <laughs> Happy to help. Happy to help. Thank you. Thank you, Justin, so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.